magic, murder, problematic misogynistic undertones? Join us as we delve into one of Britain's best-loved TV shows. So grab your duffel coat, don your curly wig, and dig up that 90s character actor as we welcome you to Podcast Macabre, the Jonathan Creek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the very last episode of Podcast Macabre, the Jonathan Creek Podcast. Absolutely, the last one. We did it, nine months of our lives. I mean, it's been a long time. We could have had a baby in that time. We could have done. It kind of feels like we have. We've had a little baby podcast of Macabre. Yeah. Um, I, hopefully that doesn't um, belittle uh, the amount of work, energy and effort <laughs> it takes for uh, people to have babies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it might be the closest thing we get to it. Um, yeah, I think that's also the first time I've introduced the episode with the correct title and the correct order. It is, it is. <laughs> Just well taken me nine months to Taken you nine months, but there we are. Yeah, um, um, what a journey it's been. Absolutely. So this is just going to be a little finale um, yeah. uh, as a sort of a bit of a thank you to all you guys out there listening. Um, so we're going to um, do lots of fun stuff. We're going to uh, kick off in a minute with some... Um, input from you guys, our lovely fans. We've had a few people get in touch uh, with some of their favourite bits. Um, and we're going to talk uh, a little bit about our favourite episodes, our least favourite episodes. Yeah. We've, we've got a few moments and clips from previous podcast episodes that um, we think are, are uh, particularly humorous that we're going to put in. Um, and... Um, yeah, then at the very end, we have a little surprise for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so we hope you enjoy that. Um, but as always, uh, you know, we always start off every uh, podcast episode with some of the feedback we got on the last one. And mm -hmm. it would be uh, a shame not to do that again. Uh, I believe we had a little message from Ben. Yeah, Ben, uh, <clears throat> one of our uh, longtime listeners, got in touch with us. Um, he said, hi, guys. Congrats on completing Creek. The last few episodes in particular must have been a real slog to watch, although they made for great podcasts. On A House of Monkeys, Tyree's intention was to kill the Doctor. So remember, in uh, Demon's Roost, yeah. you have the, the return of the killer from House of Monkeys, right? Um, Tyree's intention was to kill the Doctor. Jonathan says that the envelope flap was coated in bad acid, something that was always going to kill him, but was going to turn his brain inside out along the way. Right. Um, so, so the acid was designed to kill him. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how, though. I, I don't know. Uh, he, but he goes on to say, however, I have some shocking news. Patrick, this is amazing. Patrick Tyree is an innocent man. The killer in House of Monkeys was actually Alistair Tyree. Bizarrely for an episode that's so big on continuity, it gets the antagonist's name wrong. So, so David Rennick brings back Tyree, but forgets that his, his name was Alistair and calls him Patrick. I, I, I can't deal with it. I, mean, I can't deal with it. Ben sent us this two weeks ago and I've not stopped thinking about it. I, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't just go back and watch and make and check. I the don't know why. He, he, I'm say this a lot, but yeah, he, wrote he wrote both it. episodes. Yeah, I know. And, and he decided to call back to one of his own yeah. episodes, yeah. right? And use characters yeah. from that, but didn't bother to reread the script or just watch the episode. Yeah. And name check the character. And no one in the whole of the BBC <laughs> bothered to look. I mean, they have like script editors. There's a production yeah. manager. There's a whole budget of, yeah. I mean, to be clear, like 
Inside number nine yeah. gets the same budget as Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Exactly the same amount of money. It's a comedy half hour series. This yeah. is like feature length BBC drama primetime 9pm slots. Yeah. And, and no one bothered to go back and check the name of the yeah. killer. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But also, if that's some kind of weird little thing just for us... It may be the next episode might be that they're doing time because not only did they kill him, but they didn't kill the right man. Yeah. It was yeah. his twin brother. No, I, no, 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 I don't no, think that's deliberate. I'm being too generous. You are. I'm uh, being too generous. It, it, I mean, it beggars belief. It does beggar belief. And I don't know why we're still surprised about things like this because it's absolutely par for the course for David Rennick. But, but this one I do think is, is particularly big. And yeah. I think also it, it's very fitting that our last ever episode um, should be able to call back to that. So thank you so much, Ben. I can't believe that you and I, being the pedants that we are, missed that. Yeah. Missed it. But it's just so it's the too thing big. Is, it's too big to to question. We're allowed to because do you know why we didn't write it? Yeah, that's a good point. Like that's what? Like point. what? What on earth? What was going through his mind? Nothing. I, 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 I cannot be, I can't believe he didn't go back to, I, I, I can't deal with it I can't deal with it we have to move on it's inexcusable we have to move on and so it I is shocking um, and and yeah it, it deserves to be mentioned so thank you so much for that Ben uh, thank you Ben Blew it, blowing our minds um, uh, Daniel also got in touch with us via yes thank email. you Daniel um, he says uh, hi Callum and David it is with great sadness that we have reached the end of the JC Road <laughs> <laughs> I independently started rewatching JC at the start of this year and stumbled across your podcast after reaching the end of Jack in the Box. She says it's still his favourite episode. Ah. Uh, just a quick note on the link between Nina, her husband, and the CCTV man, which I think you missed, which is for- fortunate for you as it's a stinker and reasonably problematic. So remember, there was a, we were we had a bit of a chat about this about didn't we? the about what, what comment was being made about yeah. the race of the security guard and a link to yeah, another black so, character. Yeah, so you I think assumed that 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 there was a connection because that's because what they, it made it seem like. It made them seem like but there was we, an in-law yeah. connection somehow. Um so but uh Daniel goes on to explain he says Jonathan sees a picture of Nina and her husband but we do not but we do not at this stage. He says something along the lines of it's amazing the assumptions you make and realizes that there is no link between anyone and the CCTV man. This infers heavily that JC presumed that Nina's husband was a CCTV man because they're both black. I had right. to rewind to double check this as I was slightly aghast. It also explains why, after 20 years, there are two actors of colour in the episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, very true. Um, great, great work there. Great sleuthing from yeah. Daniel. I mean, I suppose we could say, well, at least Jonathan was calling out his own kind of racism. Yeah, but, but he, it's still... He's just going away, made an assumption. And calling that out, like... Yeah, it's so subtle. It's just like it, nowhere near enough. No, nowhere near no. enough. Nowhere and it's near. not made a point of, and it's not no. discussed, and it's no. so so subtle that even Daniel had to go back and watch yeah. it a second time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, really not cool. And as he as he says, does explain why there are so it's such a, a you know lack of diversity across the board in, in Jonathan Creek. Absolutely. Um. Uh. So and he's also uh because we did uh, ask anyone if they wanted to get in touch with their favourite bits of creek yeah um, so he says his best episode is jack in the box uh he says the, a strong contender yeah he says the best character is the bodyguard from dance macabre who literally cannot act yeah i mean <laughs> yeah i love that uh favorite adam moment magicking off julia suarez bra in front of a room full of people i love the idea um, of magicking off yeah the bra yeah yeah I mean, it's just nonsense isn't it 
Worst episode, Mr. Spearfish or Seer of the Sands? Oh, see, I, I agree with him on Seer of the Sands, but I've I've had my own journey. You and I are going to reveal our own choices yeah. Uh, yeah. on that. But yeah, yeah. very good. Um, so yeah, so thank you very much, uh, Daniel. We Brilliant. also had Luke get in touch with some thoughts. Hi, Luke. Um, he says, hello, guys. Thanks so much for doing this podcast. I've listened to them almost all, although I haven't brought myself to listen to the letters of Septimus Noon and really enjoyed them. Uh, the episode In Time Waits for Norman, uh, where Antonia says you're looking florid and Barry says florid or florida, I'm not sure. Apparently we got that wrong. That's what we said. We thought he said. Right. But he actually says florid or horrid. I'm not florid sure. Florid or horrid. Not florid or florida. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry uh, about that. He says, which is still massively crowbarred in gag, but makes more sense. Um, goes on to say, it's amazing because I love Jonathan Creek so much. My favourite ever programme. And when there were times when you mocked it, I inexplicably felt slightly defensive. I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah. It's, but I know it's what fair. he means. Yeah. Because I felt, especially in the early days, yeah. you know, quite genuinely surprised that we were having this much kind of to, to criticise. To me, I feel like it's that thing of like, you can, you can, you know, make fun of your own dad, but mm. no one else can make fun of your dad. Exactly. That's the relationship yeah. I have with it. Because I do love it. And it's such a big part of our childhoods. And now is been nine months of our adult lives yeah um I, like if any if anyone like genuinely was like i don't like it yeah. i'd have a probably kill them yeah but and then if we're they allowed say, to oh, well why does your opinion matter so much and i'll say do you not realize <laughs> the body of work and the time that we've committed to to get we should get a, like a phd in jonathan creek absolutely uh or honorary doctor nobel Pro- uh, no Nobel Prize, much. maybe, going maybe. To, going to father, yeah, I think maybe a bit. Um, he goes on to say, but there is so much wrong with some of it, particularly the latter episodes, uh, and the fact no police look for Nina in the Grinning Man. So, yeah, yeah that's one. Um, he said, uh, I felt like the clue of the savant's thumb was the worst episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mainly for the fact it was so cartoonish, and also that terrible little government trying to kill people twist at the end, along with an explanation that was ridiculous. When I first read that email by Luke, I. I ref- thought he was referring to the terrible little government and i really <laughs> liked that and then i realized he meant the little twist yeah um he said i think the best episode in terms of proper head scratchers would be the black canary satan's chimney no trace of tracy or one of your least faves miracle on crooked lane mm. um but he said the first episode i ever saw is dance macabre which again makes no sense uh in how peter davison got to maddie so quickly after the murder but thank you great watch. thank you yeah. for that yeah, yeah. ridiculous yeah. yeah nonsense um uh, he says, what I do think is great about Rennick's writing was the non-crime stuff, the comedy he wrote. Well, that's because that's what all he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And he kept for 20 years trying, <laughs> trying to turn to it into a sitcom. Yeah. Um, I personally think the Creek Maddie and Creek Joey dynamics are really good uh, and they did make bad episodes better. The Creek Polly dynamic was clearly begun as the wife he should never be with and when Joey left, they had to stick with her and soften her character. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, very good point. Um, uh he says, I want to point out, I love Creek so much, I Google it once a week to see if there are any more episodes being released. I mean, that's commitment, that commitment. is. Um, I mean, I've been doing, not quite once a week, but I do it a lot just in case we need to clear our schedules at some point. I mean, obviously, we'd um, have to abandon every other project. Exactly. Uh, uh, but if there are, the mysteries need to be better. Um, so I know it must be so hard, but we realise that the relationship Creek has makes up 50% of the show. So even in an episode like Demon's Roost, where I didn't think the mysteries were too bad, it clearly would not have been much better had Polly not been in it and Joey had been. Mm. Um, oh, sorry, it, ha- it would have been so much better. Yeah. Um, uh, the final thing I wanted to say was the thing I'd more about David Rennick's mysteries. Uh, the bath attic trap, the way he put it at the top of a large house, the way the room where the murder happened was a minor room and not the main focus of the actual room. The fact it was a hypotenuse, so you thought it was the same room as the top of the house, 
when he gets a simple idea, the flaw is where the victims go. There's a lot of misdirection to steer you away from the answer. I think there's a lot of credit to be given there. I think he's right. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's weird that they mention Archimedes and it's about a bath, and it's, it's, but it's the hypotenuse. It's that... the opposite of the, yeah. 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 Um, he says, anyway, good luck with future podcasts. Best wishes, Luke. So, Thank uh, you very much, Luke. Absolutely. Thank Some you so much, Luke. Um, and he's also uh, linked, uh, he's got a podcast himself, which you can find at www.podcastpioneers.com forward slash bed sitcom bed sitcom so it's a sitcom podcast so go check that out guys um and then finally we just have a uh, some thoughts from uh one of our biggest fans uh and also an actual friend of ours in real life uh, <laughs> adam um so adam uh said uh only took nine months but you boys have made it to the end of jonathan creek uh he says my five most ridiculous moments one idi amin two bible reveal Three, monkey suit. Four, heart monitor in bed. <laughs> Five, 24 hours before telling the police about sex trafficking. Yeah. Um, then he says it's harder to pick most ridiculous towards the end. Uh, crazy stuff happens, but it's expected by then, which I think is fair. Yeah. Um, uh, he says his favourite running issues. Maddie's moved again. <laughs> One take will do. Time and distance. All recurring characters are terrible people. This is not a sitcom. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> I just love the fact that one of those is time and distance. Yeah, like, it, like that, that shouldn't be. It's, should not, it? it's not just a criticism. It's a <laughs> it's a directive of the thing of that's like that's Rennick's school report. Is yeah, things to work on time, time and, and distance. distance. Yeah, because yeah. you have no concept of these two that things. That should never be a critique of any show <laughs> written by an adult. I love it, but uh, the time and distance within the show just <laughs> yeah. makes no sense. Like, that's, that sounds bad. It's difficult. Here. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah. So that's um. Quite a, quite a few of our favourite moments guys. in there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, you'll certainly hear more uh, as the episode goes on uh, about some of those. Um, but before we go any further, we wanted to um, look back. We've been trawling through the Podcast Macabre archives. and We uh, have. We went back to the very first episode and uh, we just wanted to play you uh, a couple of clips uh, from the <laughs> first episode um, when we were perhaps... Uh, a little more naive we were wearing our rose tinted glasses yeah and um and we just said some things that that now listening to them might are quite, seem are quite interesting so um yeah. we're going to play you those uh, and then we're going to have a little discussion about if, if our opinions have changed at all in the <laughs> nine months it'll be interesting to see whether they have david yeah here we go what are your kind of memories of jonathan creek kind of when you first watched it it was it was really about family um, again, because it was before streaming, if you watch TV in the evenings, it was a family TV. So you'd get around the, the TV and you'd kind of say, right, we're all going to watch this. Um, and Jonathan Creek just, I think my first impressions of it was that it was quite classy. Profound. I mean, I don't, Very I'm profound, so earnest. <laughs> I'm so earnest. Like when you ask me that question, I respond with this weird kind of like... <laughs> Mm, yeah and then i and then i go on to explain what tv is like when you all sit around it and watch it as yeah, if, you as know, if the concept of television like, as if it's <laughs> an antiquity <laughs> it's faded into history in fairness the amount of people that just watch stuff on laptops now i think that's what i was getting yeah. at i think i made it like like i thought i was making this for a, like a millennium time capsule you know, buried under under the Millennium Dome that Blue Peter were going to dig up in a hundred years' time. Oh, did you hear that? They used to have televisions. Um, yeah, but I think what worries me 
most is the fact that I describe it as classy. Now, if you were to describe Jonathan Creek in in a hundred words, do you think you'd ever get to classy? <laughs> no, no, a hundred no. words for Creek. You could get <laughs> Stephen Fry to read that. Um, no, I don't think classy would come into it because I think it's because I think that's the opposite of that. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, but I suppose you know, being lured in again by the by the credits and by the memories of thinking it was classy, I did, I did think that when I was a child. I think the title sequence is maybe classy. Yeah, yeah. I think the dance macabre, the black, the font. I think that's classy. Yeah, uh, and then and then it goes downhill, doesn't it? Once the it does. program, once starts. you actually get into the scripted dialogue and performances and yeah. camera work. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I also asked you what um, what you thought, uh, you know, why you got into Jonathan Creek and yeah. what well, you I'm, thought about I'm it. I'm sure I didn't say anything as silly, did I? You didn't say anything no. as silly at all. We'll no. have a little listen to that. Uh, I've always enjoyed kind of, yeah, maybe one, loved uh, directing and producing and things so much, but, you know, the, the inner workings of it's things. The mechanics, isn't The it? mechanics of it. Um, yeah. I mean, in all fairness... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you say you sound quite earnest as well. Yeah, you actually draw yeah. it back to the, your reasoning for loving Jonathan <laughs> Creek is actually embedded into your identity <laughs> as an artist and creator. Like, I mean, that's it bigger is, in I some ways. I wouldn't be here if it was. That's Jonathan kind of what Creek. that sounds like. Yeah, if you were thanking that's... Jonathan Creek at your Olivia Award <laughs> acceptance speech, but you wouldn't be here without David Rennick and JC. I'm gonna do it. If ever I get an Olivier, I'm gonna thank. Only David Rennick and no one else. If you do that, I will donate a thousand pounds to a charity of your choice. Okay. Actually, a, no. A charity, but not of your choice. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know what charity <laughs> you're going to choose. Yeah. Um, donkey tank. So, so um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, I mean, there are a lot of inner workings because <laughs> yeah. we have to work incredibly <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah. To understand most episodes. In a so better sense, are... the, the audience are doing a lot. Yeah. It's like an Autodian yeah. theatre of cruelty. Exactly. That's what I was <laughs> saying. That's what you were getting at. That's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was saying. It um, inspired my love of the theatre of cruelty and of the works of Anthony Nato. Because it alienates the audience and makes them work hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to make sense of what, of the emotions that they're experiencing. Exactly. And there needn't be a why. Um, avant-garde avant-garde work from david rennick quite um you know 19th century french (laughs) artistry you might say um yeah i I, I, yeah fascinating um and also just interesting like you can hear the trepidation in our voices because we thought okay we'll do this podcast and we'll watch the episode and i think both you and i have gone um oh um what okay Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really lovely to see that contrast between where we were and where we are now. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of love in our voices as well, which I think people, you know, not it's not to be forgotten that we do have a great deal of love for this, much like, you know, uh, our own, you know, like you say, your own dad you can pick on, um, but no one else can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so... I think we're in agreement that our, our minds have probably changed since uh, a little, yeah, <laughs> since that just a little uh, pilot episode. Um, but of course, we have uh, uh, experienced you know twenty years worth uh, 
of Jonathan Creek now. Uh, we've seen all the episodes uh, again. Um, and so therefore we have compiled our yeah our lists so... of our, our top five Creek episodes and our bottom five Creek episodes. Which I like, especially with the Any Request podcast coming in. People are often asking us for our top five or yeah. bottom five. And, and it's very high fidelity as it's well. It's very high fidelity. Um, we're kind of getting our Rob Gordon on. Um, so, do you want to do our? Uh, do you want to do your bottom five first, or do you want to do your top five? I think we should do top five first because knowing our listeners, they're probably going to be most excited about the bottom. Okay, five, so okay. I think we'll save that. We'll go. We'll get. What's... We'll get the best ones out of the way. Give me your top five. Okay. So my top five Creek episodes from five to one. Okay. In at number five, we have Jack in the Box. Okay. I think the performance. Uh, uh, by the actor that played Alan Rokesmith. Um, Very good. Really good. And actually, yeah. I really like all of the scenes with him and his mum and the sister, and it feels quite gritty, and I quite like that feel of it. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think it's one of the strongest locked room mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to talk about Idi Amin later. Um, <laughs> uh and yes, there are some silly things in there and some weird things, but but on the whole, I think it works. It does. It works. Yeah. The um, actual story and the mystery works. Yes. Uh, number four, I've got uh, Dance Macabre, the uh, opening of season two. Okay. Um, uh, because I think, again, I really like, I think it's a really, really good locked room mystery. I think it's really clever because it's simple yeah um and also it works it does make sense if you you know had a had a dummy body and dressed it as skeletons and covered, like uh, of course your perception would be those were two people like like it does mm-hmm. work the logic's there um it's I a, like... and it's a genuinely kind of magic yeah trick as well it is it is an actual magic this it's a disappearing act yeah. which i like i like the magic of it i like um it feels darker than any of the episodes in the first series which i quite like it's a bit taken a bit of a darker turn um obviously again uh, there's a lot of problems with it but i think you know yeah i I have to say dance macabre hasn't made my my top five okay um i agree with you that it's probably one of the strongest mysteries Mm -hmm. but i think i was so overwhelmed by it's got some of the dodgiest acting it does it does and i I, and you know the actual the 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 camera work the editing and and the acting is as an episode i think it is too bad to make my top five but as a as a mystery i think you've got a very strong point there i may have reconsidered yeah after hearing that yeah um uh at number three i've got the checkered box yeah um uh again um because uh 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 colin mcfarland's performance is out just absolutely outstanding and might be my favorite performance of the whole of jonathan creek of anyone i mean he is brilliant he's absolutely excellent um and and again, largely it works. I remember it being entertaining. I, I really like the mystery. Um, uh, I mean, yes, the Bible reveal is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but on the whole, again, I think it's a good episode that's well acted with a good mystery. Um, I like the idea that n- no one really knows what's going on. Like, no yeah. one's really sure of what's happened yeah. in terms of no one in, in the story is really yeah. aware of what's going on right up until the end. And I think it's good good pacing for Rennick as mm-hmm. well. I think it's it's paced well. Um, nothing lags too much. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. At number two, I've got Black Canary. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I just think it's a I think it's a really strong story. Uh, I think it's it's generally acted really well. Um, uh, I I like the setting. I like the mystery. Uh, yeah, um, I think it works. And my number one, what I think is the best episode of Jonathan Creek uh, of all time, is the scented room. Do you know I? That's really interesting because it nearly made my top five. Mm. And I scribbled it out because I thought the trick itself wasn't strong enough, but or like you know intricate enough mm-hmm. or clever enough. But I think the episode itself is is fantastic. I think I th- yeah, that's why I've chosen it because I think it is the episode with the least amount wrong with it. Basically, <laughs> yeah. yes, I agree. The mystery isn't perhaps as intricate as some of the others, but I like I like I like the commentary on. Um, uh, you know, rich, rich parents neglecting their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like, I like the idea that Jonathan gets it straight away, but because of this vendetta, he doesn't tell it. So it's a really so interesting it gives, it dynamic. Gives, uh, you know, Maddie's the one that kind of runs the show in that episode, which I like. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I think it's a, re- and 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 again, everything all along the way makes sense. All the acting's really good. Um, yeah, and Bob I, Monkhouse I, is fantastic. Bob Monkhouse is fantastic in it. Yeah, I, I just think for me, it's, it's. It's it's a very the most strong solid, all-rounder. The strong all-rounder all one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. really good, really good. Oh, I struggled and struggled over this. Um, so with my best five, I've actually th- this is what trumped scented room. Mm-hmm. How I feel like an idiot, but Mister Spearfish <laughs> because because <laughs> wait wait don't laugh. But no, I I agree with you. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. There's a lot wrong with it. it. Yeah. But it's so much fun. It, it, yeah. I had loads and loads yeah, and loads yeah, of fun yeah, yeah, yeah. watching that episode as yeah. a kid, trying to work out what the problem was. And even as a kid, I wasn't, you know, I I, I, I noticed some of the dodgy acting on TV. Yeah. You know, kids, of course kids do. But I, I didn't let it bother me then. And it didn't really bother me that much now. And I like the idea of this theme of greed and money. Mm-hmm. And also I love people playing with the idea of the occult and supernatural and then it being explained by the logical solutions. I think it's a really good example of, you know, Creek's character going, of course you think it's magic because you're meant to. Yeah. Because that's how humans work. But this is actually what's been going on. So I like that. And I, I kind of bought into the idea that this person could get carried away with it. Uh, so it crept in there. But it, it okay. kind of shouldn't have done because it, there is so much wrong with it and <laughs> and a lot of it doesn't make sense. But I just had so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I mean, I, I think it is the, the craziest one. I think it is, yeah, yeah, the most bonkers episode for sure. Um, In the same vein, I found myself kind of agreeing with uh, several of people who have got in touch, but also <laughs> by the seems of it, David Rennick himself, because two two different characters... Yeah. Are particular fans of this episode, and it's House of Monkeys, right? Yeah, um, okay. coming in at number four. Now, imagine that <laughs> the whole episode was done with a real gorilla. Yeah, okay. Or didn't have a fake gorilla costume in it. Yeah, I think it would be brilliant. <laughs> I think it'd be brilliant. I think that is a real thing, you know, that takes away from it. But I, I like the idea of this locked room mystery. Not instead of the reveal being. Oh, it wasn't that at all. The answer yeah. is, oh, actually, yeah, it was a locked room. There was no break-in, but this inexplicable thing happened. Yeah. And 
because we were shown it, I bought it. It wasn't really until I started realising that when we're shown the reveal, only Jonathan sees that. Yeah. And then you realise that he's made it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that's not documentary footage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, a lot of fun. And I think Annette Crosby is very good in it. Yeah. Um, you know, by Creek standards, uh, she's, she's very, very good. Um, and there's a lot going on there. I also think that my now knowledge of what Simon Day was going through in that episode <laughs> means that I'll be able to rewatch that again. He's doing um, his best. He's doing his he's best just, to see when that come down. He's on a, such a coke please. Uh, <laughs> come down. Yeah. Hung over. Can't get his lines right. Oh, so that's uh, that's five and four. Um, three uh, kind of shouldn't be in there, but for the same reasons as Mr. Spearfish, there's a lot wrong with it. It's got some terrible acting in it, but I find it really vivid in my memory um and and that's satan's chimney um, okay because i love this image of the portcullis coming down and yeah. the crushing and i actually think that's what the mystery is in my head but no. it, it isn't that's not what the actual story is about but i love that whole sequence in in the castle and the idea of the edit suite and mm -hmm. theater people there's something yeah. about the theater people in it that me as a theatre person, I think I just like, I just like that. I just like okay. stuff about theatre people. I know it's not a good episode, but I have okay. a lot of fun with it. Um, and then two really, really good episodes. Um, my number two is Jack in the Box for mm -hmm. exactly the reasons that you said. It's very solid. It actually does have some pretty good performances in it. Um, like a lot of the kind of extras and kind of small part actors do a really good job with it. Yeah. I don't really know what's going on with with Johnny Bluthall, but I kind of like him. Yeah. I like seeing him on screen. Yeah. You know, it's nice. And, and like you said, the, the whole mystery is solid. It works. But my all-time favourite, which I think would have been my all-time favourite before this episode, before this podcast existed, is Black Canary. Mm -hmm. um, one reason, good enough on its own, is Rick Mail. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Brilliant. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, that was a big reason why it was my number two. Yeah, I, I think Rick Mail's fantastic. Um, and also... Again, I think I have a lot of imagery from that. It's a lot of fun. And I also, um, you know, I think uh, the, the whole weird kind of tooth shaggy dog story is a red herring that does kind of work and yeah. then comes back. To, like, I, I think it's one of the very few red herrings in Jonathan Creek that actually makes sense. Yeah. And aren't just distracting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like the fact that it's Christmassy. And uh, so, yeah, Black Canary is my number one. For okay. Great. Okay, now for the fun stuff. Okay, here right. we go. Bottom five episodes. This was uh, this was hard because there were just too many. I uh, mean, it really is much harder, right? My my list has changed a few times when I was like, is that worse than that? Is is this aspect of it more detrimental than that? So yeah, but I I think I've settled on on the okay. right the right order. Um, in at number five is Angel Hair. Angel Hair. I mean, nonsense, nonsense, yeah. isn't it? Jack, Jack D, not really trying that much. Um, and remember, the whole mystery, the whole mystery is someone's hair gets cut off and grows back again. Like, I mean... Which it obviously doesn't. I mean... Absolute low stakes. Absolute yeah. low stakes. Like, like lower stakes than Time Waits for Norman, which is, of course, my real number one in the top <laughs> five. You, you love that. It's, it's my... I think it's the best piece of television I've ever made. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, now... Uh, uh, I was back and forth, back and forth between four and three, which order to have them. And I'm actually looking at it now and I'm going to change my mind again. Um, <laughs> so four is The Sinner and the Sandman. Okay. Because again, 
why do we need an episode that's just introducing us to ancillary characters of like a sitcom that doesn't exist? I mean, it's it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. All these little so much time in the village, little mini mysteries that don't matter, and the main mystery doesn't would never have happened anyway because of the Salvation Army. So it's like it, it yeah. just, it, and it's just nonsense. It's absolute nonsense from start to finish. Yeah, and it's so boring. Um, Why is it called the Sinner and the Sandman? Oh, I can't remember. I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, in at number three, we have um, uh, something you might be surprised I didn't put this at number one, but we have uh, the Clue of the Savant Stump. Okay. Um, and I, 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 part of me does think that it is the worst one ever, but I think that is marred so much by the last half an hour. The last half an hour is definitely the worst last half an hour of it's any episode of Jonathan Creek because of the stupid government thing. But actually, before then, there are elements that are kind of okay and you do have decent actors trying their, their, their They're best. They're having a go, yeah. They're having a go. Um, it, it is utter nonsense. Um, but at least the nonsense gives you some form of energy and makes you kind of go, oh, I'm, I'm angry at how ridiculously stupid this is, but at least I'm feeling something. Yeah. Um, my number two is the reconstituted corpse. Yeah, because they get like just that. It's a nothing episode. That half an hour montage of them going up and down the stairs looking for clues, uh, and just and and also the fact that the reveal is more than any other. Jonathan just making it up. Yeah, and then there's no consequence, and literally, and th- th- there's no denouement. The episode ends when he just goes, "Yeah, sorry," and that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it, it, it's utter. Oh, yeah, it's just... It's very badly so put together. pointless. Um, and the only reason it didn't get to number one, the only reason is because of Shelford. And that's the only thing... <laughs> that's that saving grace. Um, and number one... And also that doesn't make yeah. sense, that episode. Like, there's no. so much that... At, like, at the whole cupboard thing. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. No, none of it works. None of it makes sense. Her lift isn't broken, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, nonsense. Um, and then... Number Drum roll, one. number one. I, I think I know what this is going to be. The worst episode, I think a lot of you have probably guessed it because we referenced it a million times. It has to be The Problem at Gallows Gate Part 1. Oh my goodness. It has to oh be. Oh my goodness. I think you're going to say something else. Really? Yeah. It has to be. But it has to be. It in has terms to be. of the, ep- like the, one, the episode that we spent the most of time, most amount of time kind of mourning it, over, yeah. I felt like it was a grieving process. It just... Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Yeah. And the fact that the B plot, the stupid Clark Peters, Adam Klaus's sister B plot, yeah. that that has more time in that episode than the main storyline, yeah. which again doesn't work and doesn't make sense because how has he orchestrated that thing to happen when he doesn't know, like when it's motivated by something that happens in the moment? Like, like yeah. it's, it's all nonsense and rubbish. And, and and it didn't need to be two parts because too much rams into the second part. So the first part is just... I, I don't know why it's two parts. It's the most boring hour of television I've ever seen. I think we've said before, a friend of ours said he tried to watch it three times and fell asleep within the first ten minutes every, every single time because he remembered loving it. He remembered loving it and wanted to prove I was wrong. And he yep. said he had to admit, so I, I, I kept falling asleep because nothing, nothing happens. Nothing happens. The break-in scene... That, that goes on for about a year and a half. Oh, the badgers. Oh. The badger watching. Why are, they ba- why, are they, why are they watching badgers in the bottom of someone's garden? Yeah. But why is Maddie there? Oh, no, the it's cockroach all... infestation. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> all, 
it's all nonsense. Why are there cockroaches in London? I don't know. It's all nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. But very, yeah, very there strong. you go. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, in at my number five uh, worst episode is one that I was certain you would mention. Okay. I was waiting for you, which is the coonskin cap. Oh, God. yeah. Because I've never that, known yeah, it was a, to yeah. be so outwardly angry. Yeah, about I, that. I know, I know. But then, I, like, I think if it hadn't been for the later episode, well, two of those later ep- the final yeah. season, uh, the standard drop. Yeah, and maybe it's yeah, the coonskin cap would definitely be in there if we were just going for the original four series. For yeah, sure. Um, but I, I, I think I understand. It is a terrible episode, but the reason didn't kind of sneak up higher on my list of, mm-hmm. of is because actually I think the reveal of what happened with the jacket in the sports hall, yeah, is quite good. That's it's quite well right. shot and put together. That's and all right. It's the po- all right. The fact it's a ponytail, no, yeah, is is it's horrendous. That's the worst. That is the worst. That's the worst reveal in yeah. Freak History. I'll give you that. So it had to be in in the worst yeah. five, yeah, because of that. Um, number four is Seer of the Sands. <laughs> okay. Which is interesting because I I thought on paper, I can't pardon the pun, I quite like the idea of a thunderbug being a comma. <laughs> and, but just the fact that, that everyone's playing such high stakes and I have yeah. no idea why they've all taken the time off to come and do this. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea why some spy, ex-KGB spies are dressed up as Romany gypsies in order yeah. to try and trick someone into a business like it's just so thin the whole thing's so thin and then at the end she keeps him alive she she pretends that he's alive yeah i always forget and it becomes norman bates i always forget that it's weird mother mother (laughs) like i just can't get over that it's a nonsense episode yeah um and no still there's no explanation as to why she sits on that particular batch on the beach no. And therefore, no, that's true. There's yeah. a yeah, that's um, thing buried under a towel. I'm like, well, <laughs> how how'd you do that? Oh, he's ex KGB. What? So he can mind read? Can mind, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Third one is Eyes of Tiresias. Now, do I know, do you know? On. Do you know that almost was in my best? Really? That was almost in my best. I think it's fine. You think it's fine? I think it's fine. It's a CD. <laughs> That but, gets sold at a market that then gets put under a fishbowl. Yeah. And she dreams of what she hears. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of luck and happenstance I that think, any of these things are connected by. I think the JC biggest the Chris. biggest the biggest problem of the whole episode is 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 the fact that Rebecca Front needs a windmill in like yeah. four hours time. I mean, I should like the fact that this is like a bit showbiz, but yeah. they get showbiz so wrong that, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's just offensive. Oh, I know why you've put this in your bottom now. It's because you think the whole episode has this anti-union I, thing. Yeah, also, there's something, quite, you've decided there's something quite right-wing about this episode. It's very anti-union. It is. It is. It's full of tropes that are used to destabilise uh, organised workforce. <laughs> no, yeah. I won't have anyone <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, celebrate that any that's, further. That's fair. Also, I just don't know why there are all these dream sequences of uh like a monster cyclops that's thing the, that's one of the best things ever you like that don't I you i hate it and then she <laughs> and but it's but he looks like alan davis but why would he look like alan davis who he, he who she hasn't met before mm. and then she stabs him 
through a wardrobe. Yeah. And I used to and have the those. Blood comes and the blood from comes above the wings. From above the wings. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, it's crap. It's absolutely crap. This whole episode. Okay, fair enough. It's nonsense. Um, And then my last two are really easy decisions to make. Um, Two, the curse of the bronze lamp. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. I mean, I I think you're remembering this wrong. Because it was only a few weeks ago and we had a conversation about the bronze lamp and we said, oh, it feels like it's a bit back to form for this series. I think it is. And I think the the whole trigonometry of how, you know, that's quite a cool reveal. Yeah. But I just hated, like, everything about Josie Lawrence. Why did she murder someone (laughs) and then cover it up? Why did... Sarah Alexander of all people like there's such ca- character lack of continuity that I feel like we're just dragged around for an hour and then the last five minutes they go oh and here's a good idea about how this happened and I'm like well yeah I would have been interested in that yeah. I don't know why you've had to become complicit in murder yeah. I, it just feels like the epitome and, and also there's so much about the Sarah Alexander and, and Jonathan Creek relationship that yeah. I get angry about so I was reflecting upon it, and I think that yeah, you're right. The mystery itself, and the trigonometry of what that person can, what she can see, uh, and pinpointing a location is super clever, and I love it. Yeah. But they they got into a balloon, and then it landed in her pocket <laughs> in the back of her hood, and then she woke up with it. Why do we have to go through all that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's so, there's fifty five minutes of nonsense and five minutes of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and but by that time, I hate I hate everyone in it so much. Um, yeah, and again, actually, the last one I have to say, I think my worst episode is Demon's Roost. Now, this is interesting, but it's because it the way it makes me feel emotionally. Dead. I can't believe you've not put Gallows Gate Part One in your. I, I no. cannot. I cannot believe it. Be- I tell you why. I, yeah, because I think. You can't really talk about part one without part two. Well, no, that's not true. That's just I mean, I, well, I was thinking about episodes. it and I was going, I know they're separate episodes. So it is a dreadful episode, but it's not the whole mystery, is it? Um, but Demon's Roost, again, they murder a man who is the wrong, yeah. who yeah. is called Patrick Tyree, when in a previous episode he was called Alistair Tyree and the continuity is that. Then they kill a man and they get away with it. And... With there's racism, there's like everything about it is wrong, and it leaves me with this deep sadness for the future of Creek mm-hmm. and his relationship with Polly, and and I I just it makes me feel sad, and I, and I think that the last few episodes of that series, that most modern series, just they should be held up and exposed for the frauds they are. Well, no I, th- I think I think most people are in agreement about those last ones. They, they did not well, not the BBC they commissioned well it four received. years ago. Yeah, that's so true. like four <laughs> four years ago. Like at the same time as this was happening, they were making Fleabag. So like, I, that's ridiculous. So I think what we've learnt here is I think that you would rather have an episode that's kind of mundane than an episode that actively makes you angry. Whereas think, I'm the opposite. I, I would rather right. feel something than be bored. <laughs> yeah. I think right. that's I think that's what we've learned here. Because yeah, my the way that I approached it was definitely it my bottom five goes towards the, the, the most, most nothing dull. episode. Yeah, the yeah. most dull episodes. Uh, and I think yeah, that's fair. But I mean I, I don't know. I think now I would I maybe I make my list again. But I can't now. It's there. It's written. Yeah. In fact, we actually got both of our lists um, etched into stone. We did, um, and we hung them on can't our walls. Them. Can't yeah. change them now. Can't change. Can't change them back. Um, so there we go. That was our 
top and bottom five. You can still let us know, guys, what yours are if you're listening to this. You can send us an email. Be interested yeah. to hear what you think. Do you agree with us? Uh, do you agree with me? Do you agree with Callum? Who do you think got it got it right? Yeah, and if you agree with me, definitely write in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, we'd love to hear from it. I mean, again, it's not like we're going to be too busy doing anything else. Like every theatre in the country well, is closed exactly. apart from the Minac. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do? Um, there are too many police in Cornwall anyway. We can't go there. That's a very good point. That's um, a very good point. Overrun with police. Yes. So, for those of you uh, who have been long-time listeners, you will know that there has been a recurring little competition uh, throughout Jonathan Creek from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and it's the competition for worst acting. Um, it's just like the worst line reads of all time. Absolutely. Um, so, we've, so we've got a little collection. We've compiled we've compiled a little list uh, of of uh, what we believe uh, from the beginning to the end of the series is, yeah. The worst of... lines in, uh, in, in the series. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, I we've believe. We've got six. We six have contenders. Six worst line readings um so firstly we have for you and we, we're gonna we're gonna let you hear them yeah um so don't take our word for it you can hear for yourself uh firstly in at number six we have leonard corbin uh from the sinner in the sandman season five episode two you might remember he's having this conversation in a car park soup kitchen with some salvation army dudes yeah in a, in a new york soup kitchen <laughs> yeah. in Berkshire. yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely here it is. All right. I'm here, aren't I? That tells you everything you need to know. I never imagined this was going to be pleasant. So let's just hear what you've got to say and skip the rhetorical questions. So, oh, I, it's what, so much worse than I remember. What I like is that for the first three sort of lines, it's it's completely the same cadence yeah yeah and then you can hear he's realized that he's done it really badly so then overcompensates with the last line (laughs) and just gets so venomous on the skip and i'm like okay why why the energy on that finally it's so bad it's so bad (laughs) i don't know how how this actor got this job and how it stayed in but it did so well because he he's the blooming son of of Patrick Troughton. Oh yeah, and they bloody love the Doctor Who crossover. Don't exactly. They? I don't know if they do. We just made that up. Yeah, but it definitely happens. Um, so uh, next up, we have a line from the uh, swimming instructor in uh, the Reconstituted Corpse, season one, episode three. Here we go. I like to lick around them with my tongue. I mean, <laughs> what's happening there? What is? Do you? Because you don't sound like you do. You sound like you hate looking yeah. around them with your tongue. Yeah. It's or that you've never done it and you're making it up. Uh, yeah. yeah. But either way, it's not funny. Or that it's the first table read and you're reading it from the first time off the script. I think it was and someone put a dick's phone in his pocket. <laughs> I mean, that would make more sense. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. Wow. Uh, next up, uh, we have uh, a line from uh, one of your f- apparently favourite episodes of Jonathan Creek, Mr. Spearfish. Why? Well, they say apparently, like, don't and, doubt me. I'm and, strong in my conviction. And it's uh, from the, the sort of p- p- pimp slash killer slash spy. I'm not quite sure what he was. I'm not really sure what he was either. Um, but, but he comes to try and kill uh, Lenny Spearfish and he says the iconic following line got lucky once friend 
twice? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, how he's so like focused on playing mysterious yeah. that he's forgotten to give himself a character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like he's about to shoot the scene. And then he's been hit by a train, and they've gone over and said, "Oh, Mr. Actor B, are you all right?" And he's gone, "Yeah, yeah." And I'm like, "Can you still remember his lines? Can you, can you remember your lines? Have you got your memory?" And he goes, "Yeah, uh, you, you've been, you might be lucky once, friend, but twice, twice." And yeah, great, that'll do. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. And they put that in the can. It's an amnesia actor trying yeah. to remember. Exactly. So exactly. very bizarre. Very Brilliant. bizarre. Brilliant. Um. Uh. Next up. We have uh, a man who we've mentioned previously uh, from Dance Macabre, who is uh, uh, Daniel's favourite character. Yeah. Um, uh, the man that we referred to as uh, a, a trucker, uh, Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. Because um, I think he's actually called Drucker, wasn't he? That was the name of the he character. He's called Drucker, yeah. in case we weren't clear of what he's meant to be. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, here we go. May I respectfully ask a question? To what possible end was the atrocity of the night before last committed? And by whom? <laughs> I, I don't know anything about this character anymore. I don't know who he is. I don't know how uh, how well-spoken he is. Oswald from King Lear, apparently. Kind, kind like, of, I yeah. I don't understand why he's suddenly talking like that. I, it makes no the, sense. And remember, this is at the end of the episode. So it's like, why, why is... What, why is he talking like that? Why is he showing absolutely no emotion for the fact that he's just discovered that, that you know, the woman that he was looking after has been killed by a yeah. with her husband and daughter? And I mean, he doesn't care. He's, and he just wants to know about the head, but, but not that much. But also so much so that he's using incredibly eloquent, <laughs> yeah. old-fashioned language. It, it, utterly bizarre. Yeah, it, it, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like, it's like that line was just given to him because they thought, oh, we've got a bit of money in the budget, we'll give him a line and pay him. Yeah, and they've and he's quickly written that off. Yeah, and and just got yeah. yeah. And and now, the reason why we have six is because we we're going we're going to do a top five, and of course, number one of the five was going to be the the famous, the ultimate, uh, uh, line from uh, uh, Serena Shale in uh wrestler's tomb part one yeah um but then i remembered uh uh something else that is definitely <laughs> could worse. not leave out so uh we'll give you serena now and then we'll, we've got a little extra surprise for you after that as well. here's serena i can't take any of this in <laughs> no i i just want to remind i i have to remind because it's one of my favorite moments of the whole podcast listeners uh about what you said when, this, when we originally talked about this line because <laughs> it's my favorite description of anything you said she says it as if someone is uh trying to give her a bag of clothes <laughs> but she's already carrying a bag of clothes <laughs> and they said can you take this bag of clothes inside <laughs> and her response is i can't take any of this in <laughs> i mean i think i think you can agree that's quite. It's quite a good not analysis. Remember, remember, she has literally just been told that her husband's been murdered by a woman he was having an affair with. Yeah, just, just remember that. Remember that she, immediately. That's her immediate reaction from learning that her husband has been murdered, and he was also having an affair. So just 
that, that yeah, that, you that's the amount of emotion. I don't think you should break that news to a woman carrying so many clothes. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> I think that's where they went wrong. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. And you She's might a celebrated be, actor. You might be thinking to yourself, what could possibly be worse? What could possibly be worse than that line reading? Um, well, uh, funnily enough, it's from Gallows Gate. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's this. Oh. For God's I I mean, you What? <laughs> it's the it's, it's the, the second last what. what, isn't it's it? It's the last yeah. what. Because it's he's he's starting the line again. He's starting the line again and they've just kept it in. What? I mean he can't. he can't I can't what? Like it's is it it's it's either he's going, right, I'm gonna try again and give more intention on the first what or yeah. That's, he's come out of character and he's saying what about this dreadful line what that he has. am like, I saying what am I saying what I mean it's, 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 you I can't it's be phenomenal. what <laughs> it's phenomenal um, is he the, he's a guy he described as um, cheap Hugh Grant uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 absolutely poor man's Hugh Grant um, oh. but of course uh, you know it's not all bad and no and we couldn't well, give episode you is. <laughs> we couldn't give you the uh, uh, six worst lines in Jonathan Creek without giving you the very best line. Yeah. Uh, and this is, it is the best line. It's said, of course, by our hero, Jonathan. Titular uh, character. In the episode Gorgon's Wood. Um, and uh, it's the my favourite line that's ever been said in any play. By anyone. TV, film, or in real life. It's the best thing anyone's ever said. And it's coming up here. Four, and will you not go waltzing off like Jim Hawkins? I mean, out. Standing. We, it, 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 we, that was uh, us giving a standing ovation. Um, it, it gives you a lot of insight into the depth of <laughs> Alan Davis's work and, and a kind of insight into into how the character of JC has developed over Why? so many years. Why? It's, Why? Um, yeah. Why? What? Why? Why? Why is a good question. That's what I thought I was going to ask a different question to yeah. you. And I end up with the same one. <laughs> I was, normally, I try and build on what you yeah, said. I've just yeah. gone back to why again. Why? 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 There we go. Well, that was it. That was your I'm, best thing I'm, anyone's ever said, ever. Right. We, you and I now constantly say it all the time. All so the time around the yeah, house. Absolutely. You're waltzing off like Jim, Jim Hawkins. Hawkins. Fantastic. If 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 nothing else, it was worth doing this podcast for to be introduced to that phrase. Yeah. Absolutely. And I uh, implore. Uh, and order everyone should use to it. Yeah. be using it. You should be using it at Com- least compulsive. at least three times a day. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, saying it to your kids, your pet animals, dogs, cats, yeah. um, pet gorillas, thing, pet gorillas, things that you've left around the house and you're not sure where you've left them. Yeah, um, I know where I've always, they've, I've always left them on the guitar stool. You I? do, yeah, but um, still calamities things on. Yeah. But uh, you've all got one, and every time you lose something, oh, we can, oh, don't, don't go wandering off. off like Jim Hawkins. W- waltzing, waltzing off. Yeah, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant, yeah. brilliant thing of beauty. Um, but there have been a lot of much. there have been a lot of other uh, favourite memories, haven't there? From there the podcast. have been. There have been some great memories. I think. I mean, we've talked about it. Adam mentioned it as one of his favourite moments. You and I have both talked about Jack in the Box being one of our favourite <laughs> episodes. I feel like we need to get it out of the way. Yeah. So here is uh, David and I uh, talking about this on the podcast and car episode, Jack in the Box. 
this is us reacting to it in real time. Uh, and it gets to a wall of, of some photos, and they've obviously doctored photos of John Bluthall, uh, who played Jack Holiday, with famous, iconic people. Um, Callum, uh, what was... What, what was one of those photos? Who was he, who was he with? I can't. <laughs> Sorry, as David says, there were lots of pictures. Um, then there's a picture of <laughs> Jack Holiday with Edie Yarmin. <laughs> Famous despot, oh, the last king of Scotland. So that was that was uh, us obviously <laughs> struggling to get through it at the time. Um, it brings a tear to my eye when I think of that moment. I, I I've never I've never I, even you know looking at getting these clips ready for this podcast. Yeah. I was just saying to David, why have I got a, a file on my computer entitled "Arm In"? Like, <laughs> why? It's one of the weirdest decisions that a prop department could ever make yeah um less weird though yeah. when you realize and do a little bit of background reading mm -hmm. uh which you've done rather yeah. dutifully yes so i have uh some uh an update about this little thing for all of you which i mean obviously we've had lots of people saying can you can we have more explanation can we about have more evidence yeah. as to why this is happening so at the time in the episode, if you remember, we actually had a conversation about whether this these pictures were just pictures that Johnny Bluthall bought in yeah. of things that he'd done. Like maybe they were all mocked up, but that one might have been a real one. Yeah. Now like, we said that joke, yeah. we said it as a joke. Turns out that's absolutely what happened. <laughs> ah! So uh, there was a English porn producer called david grant um who's actually uh he was also a suspected child pornographer so that's problematic um but he didn't only do porn he in 1976 produced a comedy short called escape to entebbe a parody of idi amin featuring a browned up john bluthall as a pakistani tv reporter so that's clearly what that's from so it's not even the real idi amin it's a picture of john bluthall playing a pakistani which again again problematic uh uh with an actor playing idi amin so so it's it's a picture so what that, so what that picture, picture is is a picture of neither of the people that it's meant to be because it's not jack holiday it's john lethal yeah and it's not actually idi amin it's an actor playing idi amin so it's which which is again right why, yeah, again, why use it so many problems in that why use it other than for david rennick to go oh yeah i i know about comedy and i know that happens um <laughs> But also, what I'm amazed by is that you and I looked at a picture of Johnny Bluthall dressed up in brown face as a Pakistani with an actor playing Idi Amin and yeah. recognised that that was Idi Amin. Yeah. How did yeah. that... Like, whatever you say about all the racism and all the problems around that and, and the potential links to child pornography, everything that that picture has yeah. unearthed, yeah. you can't deny that they got a good Idi Amin. Yeah. They got, Agreed. Like, that's one thing you can say about that. Agreed. Agreed. Good. Yeah, um, I think it's still one of my favourite moments, actually. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, at the cost of um, anyone who was genuinely offended by that. Um, yeah. 
uh, I do apologise. It, it, it is very, very uh, difficult to get through without laughing. Um, yes, uh, I think we've got quite a few other little favourites mm-hmm. here. One of one of mine personally is is just you and I talking a lot about about bank adverts. Oh yeah, and yeah. you know we're known to do a couple of tangents really. Um, never, sometimes never. we go Concise off piece a bit and to the point. <laughs> Concise and to the point is what we need in our school report. Unless we, unless we have to talk about nostalgic nineties like <laughs> yeah brands of drink or something. Hey, I like old stuff. Old phones. We spent a bit. That was yeah. necessary. Yeah. Um, what wasn't necessary was us talking quite a lot in depth about the Cheltenham Gloucester advert, mm-hmm. and uh, Dave did almost the entirety of Addy Amos from memory on his own. I did. Um, I just want to revisit that for a second. The one with the oh, the person diving for a pearl. And oh, you've the, got the Cheltenham and Gloucester, is it? Oh, I love that. Pearl diving for pearls. You yeah. don't know one yet. Yeah. Hakuwae. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, I just don't know. I don't know why David thought, oh, yeah, this is it. This is when when we're recording a live podcast. We should. Uh, this is the moment where you want to do the whole, the whole of Addy Amos. And but I'd do it again. Well, actually, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it again. And I've apologised for this before. Can't believe you're making me apologise again. Right. It's the wrong bit of Addy Amos. Yeah, it's not. That's the Addy Amos from the Delta Airlines advert. It was a completely different track. Mm. That, uh, it was still Carl Jenkins. It was still from the same opera. Same opera. But. Um, uh, it it wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. And well, I can't so believe that because my memory is so strong of the diving for pearls, Cheltenham and Gloucester. Yeah, and, being, um, being that, being that. Yeah, exa- yeah, but the same. That must have been a up. similar Delta Airlines. Must have been similar. Yeah. Also, we discussed about whether we need to apologise about being racist, but we don't, which no. is brilliant. Always it's, good it's news. Made, it's a made up language because it's a completely it's a made, made up, up language. language. Yeah. Um, and uh, therefore, yeah, no one, no one's uh, on the sharp end of that, which is great. Don't you be cancelling us? Don't. Yeah. No need. Not okay. well. Not for this episode. At least. No. There's probably a well, other there's still time. Um, uh, so uh, then we come to one of my favourite moments. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, in one of my favourite episodes, the Checkered Fox, and it is the ridiculously over the top reveal of <sighs> the Bible being in the Checkered Fox at the end, which is just one of my favourite favorite bits of jonathan creek ever i remember laughing for about 10 minutes i mean we, we spoke about this for some length um i've just selected a, a, a smaller clip but it 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 is something that all i have to do is think of that and i will smile no matter yeah. what's going on it could be the apocalypse right you could be standing you know about surrounded by rubble and uh, nothing but maga hats and uh, <laughs> you know uh, and 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 i i could think oh this is awful this is the end i'm so depressed and then I think of the checkered box being yeah. opened. Yeah. It's not even checkered. Um, no, no. Opened up. Chevron. Chevron box. And this music that happens. And it would make me happy. Yeah, this is us um, reacting to that uh, from the episode of Checkered Box. And then. And then. And then. We have the best moment. It's my favourite moment ever. in the history of Jonathan Creek. It's so good. Maybe my favourite moment in the history of anything that's it's, ever happened. It's worth you been listening to all this rubbish. Yeah. For... For the last hour, because what happens is just incredible. Yeah. Um. And again, I know a lot of you do listen to this and don't watch the episodes. Skip to like the last five to ten minutes of this episode just to see this particular thing because it is insane. 
Uh, <laughs> they're talking about the religion, Mr. G, and of course the final thing is what's in the chevron's wooden casket. And <laughs> the answer is a Bible. But the way it's done is like it ramps up in the music and then it cuts to the Bible coming out of the box. And, then and it's like, <laughs> it's like the biggest choral swell. Oh, I've ever, like, what, what, I couldn't stop laughing it for about 10 minutes. It was so funny. But, but <laughs> like, so over the top. It's like, that's, sorry, there's Hans Zimmer cutting <laughs> into like, it's so, it's so weird. This. It's so weird. <laughs> Is it's so it's so weird. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just very 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 weird. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- there you go. Those are our kind of uh, little highlights. Yeah. Um, of the last nine months. Um, obviously had our top fives and our top uh, our bottom fives. Yeah. So please do let us uh, know what you make of that. Um, and also uh, one there was one little extra thing mm-hmm. is that sometimes we have incredible kind of cameos and incredible character names mm-hmm. and i was wondering if you had a favorite character name that david rennick's come up with throughout the series um, i mean uh gideon pryke's up there gideon, gideon pryke's a great name yeah uh detective keith speed keith speed is uh oh, yeah is up there um but i think for me uh my favorite is Mr. and Mrs. Crispin Gilpin. Crispin Gilpin. Crispin Gilpin. Oh, I'm going to have to call them Crippin now. No, you... What? Why? Why? What are you talking about? Surely it's not Crippin. Crispin... Not any weirder Crispin than Crispin Gilpin. Gilpin. And that he was... <laughs> he was a wrestling reviewer for Sky. Brilliant. Utterly Brilliant mad. nonsense. And then we didn't need to know any of that because they actually weren't that... Uh, kind of ancillary to the whole thing. Yeah, they were. Um... Yeah, uh, for me, I think uh, my favourite character name will always be Shelford. Oh, yeah. If anyone's got a name that starts S-H-E-L, <laughs> like Sheldon, Shelton, yeah. they, they all become Shelford. Shelford, for me. Yeah. Shelford. Shelford. If I put something on a shelf, it, I put it on a Shelford. <laughs> um, if someone's being selfish, uh, yeah, they're being Shelford. It gets worse and worse, but it's fully <laughs> affected my life uh, in a way that I never thought I, Nigel Foner would. Um, Brilliant. It's a shame, isn't it? All that interesting cutting edge comedy in the young ones. But um, no, <laughs> no it's um, known as a mustachioed 19 stone man. He wasn't 19 stone at all. Not at all. What I what I want to know from you, yeah, um, is what what is your like? So you know, we have a lot of recurring uh, themes that we've invented about Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. What's what? What's your favourite one? What do you think is 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 your favourite little thing that we've come up with? One of our <sighs> recurring kind of motifs or ideas about Jonathan Creek. I think the uh, it's like the Maddie moving house thing. I, I feel <laughs> like is something that I question because I think it it's absolutely deliberate in the series, but I know it can't be because mm. they it changes sometimes to the old house. Yeah. So. So I know that we've invented that, but we've invented such a strong construct around it that I believe it's real. So I'm really proud of that one. Mm-hmm. That's good. I've re- altered reality on that. Um, yeah. How about you? Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I like Maddie Moving House. I like uh, that we worked out that Jonathan's a vegetarian. I really enjoyed yeah, that one. That was, that, well, yeah, um, we haven't invented that. That's just, uh, that's true. We, that's we, in there. Yeah. Um, uh, I uh, like 
uh, uh, David Drake doesn't understand jobs. I uh, mean, a lot of people. That's a very special quote one. Yeah. That from, uh, and uh, but my favorite, I think my favorite favorite thing, is the concept that it's being written as it's made. <laughs> as it's made. Yeah. I think that's my yeah. absolute because yeah. that that everything makes sense. Every single thing in Jonathan Creek makes sense if that is true. If that's happening. If David yeah. Rennick is with a typewriter on set and they just the doing a page. Typewriter. It is handwritten. Absolutely handwritten. <laughs> writing a writing a page at a time. Writes a page. They shoot it. Writes the next one. They shoot. Yeah. Because that explains why they're going to the corner shop to get different bits of set and props. Yeah. It, ex- it explains it explains everything. It explains all the continuity errors, all the time and distance thing is all because it's guerrilla filmmaking. They're yeah. making it literally on the fly. Yeah, I also think um, the fact that we haven't been sued or shut down by David Rennick himself is Absolutely. very telling. Um, not just about the character of David Rennick, but I think it's actually explained by something else that we that we worked out quite early on. And it's that David Rennick can't sue you because David Rennick doesn't exist. Yeah. David Rennick is, in fact, three 11-year-old boys <laughs> in a trench coat. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, exactly. That, and, you know, it all kind of, you know, you laugh early on, but it yeah. all makes sense now, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, he's definitely, to... definitely writing it on set in a pen that he was given for his 14th birthday <laughs> back in 1921. <laughs> and he got it with his school report, which said, David Rennick, very creative, but he needs to work on two things. Distance, distance and, and time. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's really nice. Great. Brilliant. Um, what was else going to ask you? Oh, yeah. What do you, who do you think is the best psychic? The best psychic? Order them. Order them. Oh, God. What? <laughs> um, uh, oh, oh, no. Four. Four <laughs> things. Yes. Well, yeah, but off the cuff. Yeah. Don't don't get numbers involved. If you tell me how many there are, that will freak me out even more. Right, I definitely the number one is Maggie for me. It's she's the original gangster. She's kind of the strongest woman, uh, in spite of all the sexism around mm. her, and some of the storylines as well. I think she also genuinely has funny bones, which is really difficult in one of the unfunniest scripts that isn't meant to be a comedy, but then is. I, I, it's really weird. Um, then I think uh, Joey. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'd love to say Sarah Alexander because I love her work so much and mm-hmm. I'm kind of in love with her. But I like her character is so poorly written in this that it can't be. So she, that's last. So it's yeah, it's Maddie, Joey, Nadia Sawala, and uh, and Sarah. Nadia Sawala. Oh, sorry, Julia Sawala. <laughs> I missed that episode. Um, um, Nadia Sawala would be equally good, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Largely, I agree. Except controversially, I would go bottom to top. Mm-hmm. I would go Polly, Carla, Maddie, and Joey. I think Joey's the best. <sighs> I think, but, yeah. but because I think she is a, a slightly better actor than Caroline Quinn. I think they're both fab, but I just, yeah. I, I think Sheridan Smith is is a superb performer. She's a superb um, actor, yeah. And I like. And and I think she's, I think she's written the smartest. I think she's, uh, written kind of the most independent and confident. And yep. I re- and I and I like the fact that they don't bother with any uh romantic subplot with the two of them. Very nice. Which yeah, I like, which is it's a good different. point. Um, so yeah, I I for me, Joey just edges it, and I know that's gonna be very controversial because I know it's Maddie and and 
and of course we want Jonathan and Maddie to end up together in the future episode that I invented and it's going to happen we need to write it we will we will we'll write it and we'll send it to David no don't send it no 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 don't we do that send it to the BBC send it to the ghost of Dorothy Lambert yes Um, (laughs) someone else doing the production okay no No, the ghost they retired that job the ghost of Dorothy Lambert Um, that should be the title of our memoirs absolutely um so yeah, so yep. really all that remains to be said is what, what do we do we do we think there'll be another one? I think there has to be because I think that essentially it's how most of the Duncan Creek uh, personnel pay for Christmas. Like <laughs> it's like the equivalent of panto for kind of jobbing actors. It's like the worst thing about yeah. pantomime being cancelled this year is that like thousands of people's families are getting just a Terry's chocolate orange. Yeah, maybe a bath bomb, but yeah. like. No one's getting actually decent presents for Christmas because pantomime pays for all of that stuff, uh, not not to mention the tax bill. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll depend on the uh, independent finances of the people involved. Is yeah. my theory, um, but I think it will happen, um, and I think I will be really really excited and hopeful to see what has happened with Jonathan and Polly, what might be happening with Caroline Quentin in the future. We know that she's up for it. Yeah. Um, also, I'd love to see one where. I think my little idea was that um, that I'd love to see an episode where Jonathan's missing mm-hmm. and the four uh, team up. sidekicks have to team up to find him. Yeah, yeah. Using great. stuff that they've learnt and yeah. worked out with him over the years. That yeah. would be my favourite. Um, I would like to see Derek Jacobi I mean. playing a um, playing the curator of the uh, Natural History Museum. Yeah, and the uh, massive. Uh, 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 dinosaur Diplodocus yeah uh, has gone missing Ah. Uh, and Jonathan has to work out where it's gone and he discovers that it was stolen by uh, the team from Hustle and it's a crossover and it's a crossover crossover Hustle Jonathan Creek episode bitches that would be that would be phenomenal how are they going to disappear a dinosaur hey they're con artists. They know how to. They'll work and it Jonathan out. has to work it out. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's absolutely brilliant. That's what I want. That's what we all want. We've always wanted a Hustle Jonathan Creek crossover. The whole world has been crying out for a Hustle Jonathan Creek crossover yeah. episode. Yeah. Donkey They're making it. us wait for it, but it'll happen. Yeah. Oh, um, my goodness. Apologies. Oh, I hope that happen. Apologies. We never got that Venn diagram finished, but there are literally too many. Yeah. There are too many. Like, about half half of the actors of Jonathan Creek are also <laughs> are in, in Hustle. Hustle. Yeah. And some yeah. of them three times. Yeah. Like the pizza guy in the Edwin <laughs> Drood episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Rob Jarvis, yeah. Well, uh, well, that brings us to the end of our Jonathan Creek podcast macabre it finale. Does. It does. Episode. Until until they do the Hustle Crossover episode with Derek Jacobi, uh, we, we will be uh, obviously continuing with our Patreon, any requests. Um, so uh, we're not going anywhere. We're just finishing the creek. So if you are, if you have only just been listening to these, but you know you find us mildly amusing uh, or or somewhat interesting, or um, you're bored, or you're bored, yeah, um, then get onto any requests. Yeah, get onto our any requests. Um, it's you know you'll find it there. It's it's uh, on the same links as uh, the JC podcast. So yeah, we'd love to. Um, uh, get some of the audience from this over and listen on to them and it's really different stuff as we say in each episode you know people can request uh for five pounds a month absolutely anything they want and mm-hmm. 
you'll see on there we've got uh, podcasts about vampires. We've got podcasts about uh, film director Billy Wilder. We've got podcasts about conspiracy theories. Loads of different stuff. It is absolutely, uh, yeah, very, very diverse. So, um, um, yeah, do do uh, keep following us in that vein. Um, and, of course, do please still uh, follow us on Twitter and get in touch at Macabre Podcaster. You can email us podcastmacabre at gmail.com. You can contact us on Facebook, fb.me forward slash podcastmacabre. And you can like, share, and subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, wherever else you get your podcasts from. So. That leaves us. Yes, we mentioned. Our final sign-off. We mentioned we had a little surprise for you. There is a little surprise. Uh, We've uh, been working quite hard this week to give you guys something uh, for being such loyal and wonderful listeners and engaging with us so brilliantly over the last uh, nine months. Um, so we thought we'd write a little song. Um, now, the music has been borrowed a little bit. Yes, we did have a little bit of help from Sir Billy Joel. Sir Billy of Joelshire. Um, and it's just a little song about um, some of our favourite moments um, and uh, things that we love about Jonathan Creek. Um, so hopefully this will make your heart smile. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Uh, honestly, we really mean it. Um, it's been amazing to see how many people have actually engaged with this podcast totally more than we were ever expecting such a bonkers uh, um, thing it's yeah. you know we have listeners from all over the world um, yeah which is just crazy to us um how much this has taken off so thank you all so much uh keep in touch keep listening to the any requests and we will see you uh if Some and when in the future there is a new jonathan creek absolutely for now enjoy I've been Callum Hughes. I've been David Shoplin. And this has been Podcast Macabre. British stars, hands keep going down the bras, nostalgic technology, illogical mysteries. Sandy Johnson's big moustache, production's running out of cash, jobs that seem to make no sense, oh look Maddie's moved again. Mass freak with no empathy, narcissistic tendencies, buying props from corner shops, too many confusing plots. Sitcom gangsters crowbarred in, picture of ED I'm in. Then we did this podcast and our childhood died fast. We used to love this series. We may still berate it, but we love to hate it. Accent sounds consistency, race insensitivity. Drinking on the way to set, did Maddie and Creek have sex? Why did they hate Channel 4? Breaking time and space laws. Too many Cornish police, coroners, existences. Geographical mistakes, making fun of Maddie's weight. Chocolate statues causing hives, Norman leads a double life. Pushed out of the way to death, subplots going right and left. When does the review begin? I can't take any of this in. We used to love this series, but then we did this podcast and our childhood sidebars. We used to love this series, we may still berate it, but we love it.
culprit John Editing going wrong Nigel Plainer John But double castings are absurd Clark Peters isn't blind June Whitfield spending time Rennick screaming Three young boys stop looking at that bird outside 20 years of mysteries but magic's used in maybe three De Vito at a crime convention is anyone paying attention? Sanjin Pascal Scottish voice, every single acting choice Who's better for what's that for? We, we can't, can't take, take this, this anymore We used to love this series But then we did this podcast and our childhoods died fast We used to love this series We may still berate it but we love to hate it